Good evening, y'all. Praise the King. Good to have you at Bible study. It's 7.20 almost. I, I'm going to have to stop letting this go further and further. <laughs> We're either going to have to get started on time. Uh, it's social time. I know. We've got to have a little social time, and I don't mind that. No praise the Lord. So we and uh, don't we? Yeah, Sharon. We got to have a little social time. Uh, I got to tell you all a story to start off on Sharon. Yes, yesterday. Turn, yeah, turn off your cell phones if you got one. Yeah, turn your cell phone off. But uh, yesterday, Sharon uh, had come in and she was late to work because she had to get her car worked on. One of the men at church Sunday. I uh, told her she had a bad universal joint. It was so bad. He said, don't even drive it back out to the miniature center. Get it fixed. And so she took it down and got it fixed and paid a whole lot of money, $190, to get two little U-joints put in her car. No, there ain't four on there. There ain't but two on it. <laughs> if they told you you got four, they lied to you. There ain't but two on there. It's got a front U-joint or your joint, rear joint. I looked under it to see. So there's only two. And so you got two new ones. I looked at both of them. They're on there. And so, but she, you know, I told her, I said, I hate it that you paid so much money because I put a new one in our, eight, our 2003 Suburban the other day, a rear one, and it only cost me $11 and takes 30 total minutes to put it in. So I said, you know, uh, you really got taken to the cleaners. But I said, that's okay. And, uh, and she said, well, my steering wheel is extremely loose, too. I said, would you mind checking that for me? So I went out there and... The steering wheel was about to fall off, the whole thing, you know. I thought, wow. I said, nope, you can't drive this no more either. I said, I'm going to take it out to the shop. I, oh, anyway, I took, drove it around the back, and, of course, it's got a tilt, you know, steering wheel with all that stuff on it. And so I had to tear all that out and get down in there and take all that yoke and everything apart. And there's four bowls down in there that was just holding by about two threads. So I tightened all four of them up good and tight, you know, and everything. And then last night, uh, after dark, I was trying to put all that together. All of it was power loaded with a great big spring and everything else and trying to put all that together. And I finally got it in there, and I got all that part tight. And I thought, okay, it's way after dark here. I'm having to hold the light in my teeth, you know. And, and you know, and <laughs> I said, I'm going to wait till tomorrow and finish it. So I got up this morning with a light and went out there and put it together and the dimmer light. The, the wouldn't work, and I thought, what did I do wrong there? So I went down in there and looked, and the little rod that goes down that hits the dimmer switch, when I'd had that yoke apart, it fell over and went inside the yoke, and so now I've got it in there, and i got to take all that mess back apart and get that out again, so I did, and I worked on that about two or three hours this afternoon, getting everything lined up, making everything work perfect, and I finally got it all done, and I put it back together, I walked in to give her her keys, and she says, Pastor, do you still love me? <laughs> I looked at her and I said, if God had to told me, I command you to love you. I said, I'd say no. <laughs> but, but, you know, the Lord commanded us to love one another, didn't He? Yeah, so you got to love regardless of what happens. And finally, I had to call Dave over there. And Dave said, I don't see how you put this together last night by yourself. And so... We were working. He said, this is the hardest sprain to compress I've ever seen in my life. And I looked up through there, and all of a sudden the Spirit told me, he said, why don't you take that little cap out right there? I said, Dave, why don't you take that little cap out right there, and let's see what it does. And that was what held the spring in. So it took the spring completely out and unloaded it completely. It was so easy to put together after that. I thought, oh, Lord, thank you for having a God that shares these, that talks to us. 
And also, anyway, Dave and I had a great time putting it back together. But so we learned a whole lot uh, together. It's been 40 years since I had one of those tilt wheel deals apart. Yeah, I used to be a mechanic, you know, used to. And uh, I don't work on people's cars anymore, but once in a while for my daughters out there, which was Sharon is one of my daughters. I got several daughters out there. Cheryl and I have several daughters, (laughs) don't we, honey? (laughs) Yeah, we got several of these daughters. We have to take care of our little daughters. Well, it saved her life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all it did, you know, saved her life, you know. Uh, in fact, when we was talking about that a while ago when she came in, I said, you know, if that thing had have totally come loose, you know, and you'd have been driving down the road with nothing, uh, I said, she said, I'd had to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, guide this. I'd have said, and the Lord would have said, it's been loose for a long time. You should have had it fixed. <laughs> she said, he would never say that to me. I said, you're right. He wouldn't. And we're going to prove tonight in some of these cases, we're going to talk about some of the things that... Uh, I went in, and of course, I don't know how far we're going to get, but these are the scriptures uh, that I've looked up in the last few days and made notes and uh, everything, and I've studied about these, and uh, I'm going to talk about those uh, as much as we can tonight, uh, because there's some very interesting things in the Word of God. And what inspired me to do this, I don't mind telling you, what inspired me, I have a lot of people come here or that listen to me on radio, television, or whatever, and they hear what I teach. And some of them don't like what I teach. <clears throat> and so one of the persons, obviously, I don't know whether they liked it or just questioned it, but they wrote another big minister in this area and asked him if God would put sickness and disease on you. And, of course, he wrote back and said, absolutely not. said, you get people that will make these statements, but God would never put sickness and disease upon you. So he sent me a copy of the man's email. So I thought, okay, I highly respect this minister. He's a great man of God, has a huge ministry. I mean, I'm, I mean they're on television. Uh, you know, I'm sure their budget must be in the hundreds of millions. I have no idea because they're so huge. But... I'm going to let the Word of God speak for itself tonight. <laughs> I'm going to take you to some places, and I want us to start in Exodus 15:26. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we read your Word, these are going to be your words, and I ask you to reveal to us your true nature. I know you are a loving God, and I know you're a merciful God, but I know also you're a God of judgment and a God of wrath. And so, Lord... I think this is the beginning of wisdom, is to fear you, knowing that if we don't please you, you can become angry with us. And so, Lord, I want you to reveal yourself and make us realize that we need to walk holy in obedience to your word. Because you do love us and you do want us to walk holy. And you're far merciful, I know, than I have ever been. But still, I know there comes a time when you will get our attention. And I thank you and praise you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I know Keith believes this. He's already shared with me tonight as we're sitting here that God got his attention one time. And he said the Lord got the switch out after him. And he said he got my attention big time. So <laughs> when Daddy gets the switch, the big Daddy gets the switch, you remember really seriously. Okay, <clears throat> let's go to Exodus fifteen twenty six. And that's where I want to start. Uh, At Exodus 
Uh, we'll go back here under the law, and I want to read these things. Now, now then, how many of you know that the Scripture says under the New Testament, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so He never changes? Is that true? Yes, sir. So what pleased Him 6,000 years ago still pleases Him today. What he did 6,000 years ago, he'll still do today. He'll never change. Is that true? Yes, sir. Okay, so whenever somebody says, well, we're not under the law, we can take the Old Testament and throw it out the window. No, you cannot understand the new without the old. You've got to have the old. And if you don't know God in the old and don't know who he is and how he works, you'll never know him in the new. So you've got to know him because he is this word. And he never changes. Now, in Exodus fifteen twenty six, and he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now, he's, thinks, do you think he still wants us to do that today? Yeah. Obey him? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's all over the word when we really get in it. Look what he says. I, who's I here? That's him. This is a king. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals thee. Okay, so in that scripture, unless I'm way out there in left field, who is it that put this disease upon the Egyptians? Who? Well, I mean, the way I read it, he did it, didn't he? I mean, so he didn't say anything here about the devil doing it, did he? He says, I did it. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty clear as a starter. I thought that would just be a pretty clear place to start. If you will. If. Isn't that if a big word? If. If you obey me. You know, that's kind of like you as a mom and dad. You know, you raise children, and if your children obey you, you never get to switch after them, do you? But uh, how many of you have ever raised children that obeyed you every time you told them to do something? I ain't never seen one that obeyed you every time. I mean, you can take a child, raise up in the best home there is, and them little guys, when they're little, if they sit down at dinner table, they may be the happiest kid on the block. But they're sitting there just eating, and all of a sudden somebody else has got something else over here. And, oh, they want that. And Mama says, no, you can't have that. Oh, I mean, little two-year-old children, you know, they always say, oh, I know, Mama, I'm sorry. I, okay, I'll eat what I got in my plate. No, that's not what they do. They pucker up, and they cry, and they start screaming, I want that. Is that the way they do? Yes, sir. And if Mama or Daddy don't do something... Then we've lost it, and every time they want something, that's what they do. But if you've got the switch out, and you really let them know that you mean business when you talk, all daddy, just like I remember the razor strap that used to hang on the wall, I didn't have to have that very many times until I knew what that thing was for. And it was more than sharpened dad's razor. <laughs> it sure did hurt across my backside. So... If I started to throw a little tantrum and Dad looked up at that wall, and I looked at his eyes, he was looking at that wall, I could, my whole attitude could change. <laughs> you know where I'm coming from, don't you, Keith? Your whole attitude could change just because Dad looked over at the wall. Because you knew 
If he looked, he was thinking about going and getting that, huh? And I didn't want that across my backside, so my attitude could change quick after I'd experienced that thing a few times. Now, the first time, I didn't know what I was missing, so it was really easy to just go ahead and throw that temper tantrum. But after you've had it a time or two, you change. But the Lord says here, if you will diligently hearken, you know, not just kind of casually, Deborah. He, he, he said diligently, didn't he? If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord. Well, what is the voice of the Lord? Michael, what is it? It's a book, isn't it? Here's his voice. Somebody said, well, I ain't never heard God's voice. Well, let me tell you, if you're in this Bible study class tonight, you're hearing it because I'm reading his word right here. Amen. You're hearing his word. And he means what he says. I have learned that. And, and of course, like Keith told me a while ago, he said one time. Is that the only time you've ever heard that audible voice? Or have you heard it more than once? Okay, but that time you really remember. Yeah, really. He said, God spoke to him one time and told him to do something. And he said, boy, let me tell you, it's like I'm hearing a conversation between me and God. I'm hearing an audible voice. I said, I know. I've been there and done that a few times. I've had that same experience with God. Now then, sometimes it's wonderful when he tells you, son, you're doing such a good job. I love you. Now, that's all we want to hear, ain't it? And when I was in that hospital with Caitlin, I got to hear that angel speak to me three times, or three different angels over three weeks. They told me, that was awesome for a guy to walk up beside you, you know, that you don't know, you've never seen before in your life, and here you're fighting the battle for all these little children's lives, and you're getting the parents to confess their sins, you're praying over, and God's raising these babies up, and you're seeing miraculous, miraculous things happening every day, and... In the middle or toward the last of the week, some guy you never saw walk up beside you in, in the three or four, two or three o'clock in the morning and you just stop and look over at him and when you do, he's looking you right in the eye and he says, the Lord said to tell you he loves you. I mean, that's startling. That's startling. You know, I stopped and he didn't even break stride. He just kept right on walking. And I'm still, where, where have I seen this guy? I don't know who he is. And so he just walked on down the corner and around the corner and out of sight. Well, a week later, uh, I'm doing the same thing, still fighting the battle for little Caitlin. And I'm standing on his word and I'm fighting the battle for these other children there and, and praying over him, seeing the king do great and awesome miracles. And that third week, the same thing. This guy overtakes me about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm on the way home in the wee hours to get a little bit of sleep. And he overtakes me, and when he does, he, I, I, I look to the side, and again, another little guy, looked like 165, 70 pounds, about 5'10", and, but a different man, not the same one that was there last week. And when I turn to look at him, he's looking me right in the eye, and he says, the Lord said to tell you, he loves you. And that's, again, that's startling. You know, I stopped, and he just walks down. I thought, where in the world? I said, that guy last week, and I said, where? I ain't never seen these men. Where have they come from? Well, the next week, which was the fourth week, I'm walking down that corridor in the wee hours of the morning, and I'm still fighting these battles for all these children, watching God heal them and do all kinds of miracles, and I'm undergoing all kinds of persecution in that hospital from the chaplains and everything else. And this guy walks up by my side, and we're only ten steps from the end of the corridor now that turns left there in Cook's Children's Medical Hospital, and 
whenever I sense him overtake me, I look, and he's looking me right now, and a third time, he said, the Lord said to tell you, he loves you. And I stopped, and he just kept on, I said, wait, wait a minute, who are you? And I run, and he walked around the corner, and I wasn't three steps behind him. And I ran around the corner, and I said, I'm going to find out who this guy is. But there ain't nobody there. As far as I could see, there was nobody. Who do you think these guys were? Absolutely. That's the only being that could have been materialized and dematerialized around that corner in a heartbeat. Because that corridor is long. And there ain't no way out of it, and there wasn't no doors. He just disappeared. So I thought, wow, these are angels. Now see... Whenever God speaks to you like that, that's when, that's what we all want to hear, right? That's what I wanted to hear. But I don't want to hear Him say, stop it, son, you're sinning. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but He does that too once in a while. But I'm grateful that He does talk to us. That's what I'm trying to get at. But He says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord... We all are hearing His voice right now. This is His voice speaking to us tonight. I just happen to be reading it, but you're reading it. You're hearing my voice, but you're reading it in your Bible, and your Bible's saying the same thing mine does. So it's His voice you're hearing. He says, If you will hearken and do that which is right, and will give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Isn't that something? I will put none of them on you. Which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now then, he obviously is the one that put it on the other people. Because he said he did. And he said, if you don't be diligent, I'll put them on you. Is that what he said? So, I don't have to fear the enemy. i got to fear God. God's the one that's going to, at least right here. At least this is one place. Now, this is just one. So, the Lord said, don't build a doctrine on any one verse. And so, I want us to go a little further. This time, I want us to go to Exodus 23:25. Let's just go a few pages over. Exodus 23. Tonight, I want us to really just meditate on these things. I want us to see... In verse 25 and 26, Exodus 23, 25 and 26, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and He shall bless your bread and your water. Now, who's going to bless you? God's going to be the one that's going to bless you. We like that, don't we? When He says, I'll bless you. Wow. How would you like for the Lord to work up to you and say, Son, you've been a good boy. I'm going to bless you this week. Oh, praise the Lord. That's what we all want to hear. I guarantee that's what I want to hear. And don't that you want to hear too, right? Yeah. But And He will do that for us. All of us. He's no respect to person. If we'll serve Him, He will do that. And you shall serve the Lord your God. So if you're going to serve Him and put Him first in everything you do, He shall bless your bread and your water. And I... Who's I there? God. I, God, will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Okay, now wait a minute. Now let's stop and think about that just a minute. If under the law, the old covenant, in the beginning, 
God promised if we'd be obedient and serve Him, He would take all sickness away from us. Then does it ever make you wonder why today under the new covenant we have so much sickness in the church? You ever stop and think about that, brother? It's something to think about, isn't it? I mean, this is the law. We're supposed to be walking in grace. And we're supposed to have a better covenant than this one. Well, we do. But we've got to do our part. And that's the part we don't do very well. These people didn't do it very well either. Oh, I know there's not anybody in the church that ever gets sick, is there? Won't you... Want... You think, how long have you been in the church? Have you ever been sick? Yes, I've been in the church long, and I've been sick many times. Haven't you, Michael? I have. Man, I've had lots of sickness and disease. Then why? See, now, I've just got an engineering mind, and I, I don't understand this, you know, but if I build something and it breaks, I want to know why it broke, especially if the plan said it's supposed to hold. You know, if I build a broom and I'm supposed to put certain beams across this thing, and I put... 20-foot beams across there, and it says they're supposed to hold up this many pounds, and we put about two-thirds of that on her, and the roof falls in. I want to know what happened, don't you, Keith? Yes, sir. Somebody messed up on something. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know. So, okay, so that this type of mind that I have here, he says, and it shall, after he shall bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of thee, there shall nothing cast their young. No, we will have no miscarriages. You ever see a miscarriage in the church? Oh, bunches of them. So there's something wrong. We are not obeying God somewhere. Nor be barren in your in the land the number of your days I will fulfill. Now, you ever see anybody die early in the church? All the time. There's got to be something wrong. We're not doing something right. So we've got to figure out what it is, don't we? Okay, so let's go on here. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7.15. <clears throat> like I said, now, now, if we were to stop right here tonight, and we only had two scriptures, two sets of scriptures so far, who is it that put sickness and disease upon these people? God. It was God. I mean, He said He did. So somebody asks you, God would never put sickness and disease upon you. He will allow the devil to do it. That is not what the Scripture says, is it? No, it's not what the Scripture says. So I'm just the kind of guy, I believe we ought to read the Scripture at face value. If God says, I'm the author, of, I'll put sickness on you if you disobey me. But Keith, I'm your daddy. And if I tell you not to do something and you go do it, I'm your daddy. I'm going to bust your backside. Guess who's going to bust your backside? I'm going to, oh, I'm going to send this guy over here to do it for me. No, no daddy's going to do it himself, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is. That's the way it probably was at your house, too, when you was a younger, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really was. Okay, so Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. And let's see. Deuteronomy seven fifteen. Let's get over here and let's see what the Lord's hears. Let's, let's actually, before we get to verse 15, let's uh, start back up here. And uh, verse 11, let's start verse 11. He says, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command you this day to do them. So see, there's some requirements. 
He's commanding you and me to keep His rules. Now, do you think under the New Covenant we got rules to keep? Yes, we do. And I'm going to tell you the rules under the New Covenant are tougher than the Old. They're tougher. I mean, Jesus come on the scene. I'll just throw this in right now. Jesus come on the scene. He said, under the old one, He said, You shall not murder. Now, you're not guilty till you murder somebody. He said, You shall not commit adultery. You're not guilty till you commit the act. That was under the law. Under where, but when He come on the scene with the new covenant... He said, I'm going to tell you, if a man looks at a woman to lust for her in his heart, he's guilty of adultery. You don't have to commit the act to be guilty today. All you've got to do is think about it. That's pretty tough, isn't it? That's when you've got to learn to look at the women in, your eye, in their eyes only and never look nowhere else. If you don't, you can't go there. Ain't no man, especially young men, that if a good-looking woman walks in and one of them things that's cut down to her navel, you know, that got a little bitty piece of, you know, cloth going across here that shows about 90% of everything she's got on the top. And then she's got a pair of them little bitty short shorts on, you know, that a silkworm could have knit on his lunch hour. <laughs> and don't hide nothing. I mean, if she walks by, you know, twisting her little body around right in front of him, it's hard not to look at that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, if you're a man, it's hard not to look. But, boy, you don't want to look. Because if you get a glancing glance, you say, whoop, let me look at something else. Ain't going there. You know, ain't going there. Because if you start meditating on that in a little while between the devil and the flesh, he's going to start saying, ooh, wouldn't it be nice to go to bed with that? I wonder what it would be like to go to bed with that. When you start thinking like that, you're guilty of adultery. You're guilty of committing adultery. And you're guilty of breaking the law. You just transgressed the law of God. You just fell from grace and you fell back under the law. And you're guilty of breaking the law of adultery. And God says, if you break one of them, Michael, how many of you built guilty of breaking? Oh! So, you think the devil might have a little legal right then to jump on you? Oh, big time. See, so you've got to pay attention. Or, he says today, if somebody does something, like I can, I can you know, use Keith because... He works with contractors, and I used to work with them, but I don't know how easy it is for these guys not to do what they tell you they'll do. I don't know how easy it is to get blown out of shape at these guys. <laughs> the Lord says you get angry at a man. Really get angry at him. Meditate on that angry. He said you're guilty of murder. Isn't that something? Some of you have been guilty of murdering your own spouse. That's, that's like this woman the other day. As a woman told me the other day, she said, I married a man 50 years ago and said, I thought he was the best thing that ever happened. And she said, after we got married, I found out within a week he was an alcoholic. She said, I didn't know he even drank. But she said, it came to the service. She said, for the next five years, I thought about everything, including murder. But she said, I knew that no murder has eternal life and he wasn't worth going to hell for so she said, I said, Lord, I've done everything I know to do for five years and I can't change him. So she said, God, I'm going to turn him over to you. You see what you can do with him. She said, within a matter of a few weeks, my husband got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and the last 45 years has been blessed. She said, I only wished I'd have turned him over to God day one. See, But she tried to do it herself for the first five years. Yes, Dad. How does that work in the military and the police? 
They have to military. You, they tell you to go wipe those guys out. Well, that's a whole different deal. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that, you're not guilty of murder there. I mean, if, if you're working, if you're in the military and governments are fighting and they give you a job to do and you've got to go fight and you have to kill somebody, God's not going to hold you accountable for murder. You didn't premeditate that man's life. You know, you just had to do what you were told by the government. He may hold the governments available, but he won't hold you you I had to do that. I had to go to Vietnam. You know, I was over there in that nonsense. You know, and a lot of times you don't really know who you kill. You know, you don't know what you do. I mean, when you're shooting a gun or, or when you're flying an airplane or you're dropping bombs or whatever, you don't know. But you're just there by your government. And so, you know... Now, I would never premeditate killing someone. I can't stand war. I don't even want to think about it. And I can't imagine taking another human being's life. Because I know they were made in the image of God. But I know when I go back into Scripture, it happened. God told them when they would go in. He said, you go in there to the Hittites and you kill them all. Every man, woman, child, kill them all. And if they obeyed Him, He was okay with that. If they didn't, He was not okay with that. So, God's God and He knows what He's doing. But he's trying to keep all of us from evil. He knows what he's doing. So, all we got to do is obey him. So, did you want to say something, Ty? I was just going to say, you know, those, those were... Wait a minute. Let me, let's put it on put what you're saying on the, uh, so they, anybody can hear it on a tape later. Yeah. I was just going to say two things, Daniel. Thou shalt not murder is different than thou shalt not kill. The commandment is murder. Yeah. And murder is thinking about it, premeditating and doing it. And killing's completely different. And but the other thing is, when God brought these diseases upon the Egyptians, you got to understand the Egyptians had had the Hebrews and treated them and had them in slavery for 400 years. So for 400 years they were doing these evil things uh, to these people. So they they had they had they didn't have any of the Lord in them. And then the other thing is 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 today. You say it's harder. It's easier. We got the Holy Spirit. We got the whole reason Jesus died, so we could have another helper to tell us, "Die, you're going to the left or the right." And if you're sensitive, the Holy Spirit he'll he'll keep you out of trouble. He, the Holy Spirit's one says, "Don't look at that woman." Oh yeah, Jesus oh, yeah. says, "Die." Yeah, yeah. No, look at her but, eyes. But now, wait, how many but people? We got a helper. How many people in the church today do not believe there's such a thing as that Holy Spirit to, to lead you? I mean, that's what's so sad. I was raised in a church that didn't teach me I had that Holy Spirit with power. Yeah. You know, I had to learn it myself, reading the Word. And, of course, as I read that and began to get that, and, and especially after asking Him to fill me with that Holy Spirit, and He did, then He began to talk to me. I mean, He began to show me things, and I began to... I lived in a whole new world after I got that Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I mean, just like like last... Even this morning, working on that car. I mean, the Holy Spirit told me to take the spring out. Yeah, we got it. And I'm listening. And I look up, and I see the spring. He said, take that cap out and make it a lot easier. And I thought, Dave, won't you put something in there and pull that cap and see what happens? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit just... And He took it. He said, why? How'd you know that? I said, the Lord just told me to do that. That's right. He said, praise God for a God that still talks to us. It's so great. But everybody don't have that magnificent Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's something that if the church would get a hold of who we are and what we can do and read the book and believe our, I mean, the church world would be so much better. Wow, would it be better. But anyway, let's go on here to the next one. After Deuteronomy 7.15, let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Uh, 
Deuteronomy 28. We'll, talk, we'll go just a few chapters over. What? what? Oh, I, I didn't finish it? Oh, okay. I'm, okay. Where, where was that? Deuteronomy what? 7? Okay, 7-11. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, thou shalt therefore keep the commandments of the statutes and the judgment which I command you this day and to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land. Now then, if he's going to bless the fruit of your womb, what is that? That's your children. You're going to have blessed children. You're not going to have no handicapped children. You're not going to have no children that's not, that's not normal. They're going to be blessed. You know, they're going to be blessed. He said, and he will bless your corn and your wine and your kind, all the increase of their kind, which is cattle or whatever, and the flocks of your sheep. And the land which he swore unto your fathers to give you, there shall thou shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be made shall not shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord and who the Lord, the Lord will take away from you. Okay, now wait a minute. If the Lord is going to take away all sickness and all disease, we keep seeing this. He's, if we obey and do everything He says, He's going to take away all sickness and all disease. So if these things were true under the Old Covenant, then why in the world have we got so many sick people in the church? There's something wrong, isn't there? There's something wrong. So I think that from what I'm seeing, and we're only started now, I mean, I spent hours and hours this week looking this stuff up in the Bible. I got a whole big long page of stuff. I got a feeling that the church is not walking in obedience to our King's Word. I think we have taught too much grace and not enough law. I think we've been taught that it's okay. You're saved. In fact, I got to stop right here and tell you a testimony about a girl today. Susan. This girl's from... Uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Her name's Susan, too. We deal with a lot of Susans lately. But this girl's name's Susan. And she was the first caller this morning. And when Kathy got her voicemail, she said, Pastor, you've got to call this woman. I said, okay. I mean, Kathy was bouncing off the wall. Now, Kathy's usually bouncing off the walls, but she was supernaturally bouncing off the walls today. I said, okay, I'll call her. I called her. She said, Pastor, I'm 56 years old. She said, for nearly 30 years, I have had scoliosis. My spine has gotten more and more twisted. And she said, in the last few years, I've been in excruciating pain. And she said, I've even been bedridden completely for a year and couldn't get out of bed. 
And she said, then I heard about your teaching, and I started listening to your teachings. She said, I've been listening to you for about a year. But she said, in January, I finally got enough faith to call you and ask you to pray for me. And you told me that I had sin in my life, and I needed to get rid of it. And she said, I plainly told you, I have listened to your teachings. I have heard you say that, and I have repented of every sin known and unknown, and I have no sin in my life. After all, I'm a daughter of the king, I'm washed in the blood, and I'm, all my sins are covered. I told her, I said, ma'am, if you're still down with scoliosis, you're doing something wrong. If you've got pain in your body, something is wrong. She said, I literally thought you were crazy. But you told me, said, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask the Lord to reveal to you what your sin is. I'm going to ask Him to illuminate it with His light to show you where you're missing the mark. She said, you prayed for me, and God began to open my understanding to sins I didn't even know was sin. He said, He just flooded my whole understanding my heart with things that was darkness in my heart. She said, I had been involved in the occult at one time. I'd been involved in all kinds of things. And she said, all that's junk was still in my heart. And he began to light it with his light. And I began to see how wicked I was. And so she said, I started repenting of all these things and standing on the promises just like you told me to do. And you told me that it wouldn't be easy. But if I'd repent of my sins and begin to stand on His Word, He would heal me because it was a guarantee from our God. She said, it took me days and weeks of researching my life, going back where I thought I'm washed in the blood. I had done nothing wrong. I'm clean. But she said, I found out I wasn't. I had many sins that I committed since I got saved that I had never repented of. And she said, when I got them all repented of... She said, I had to call you today to tell you that I am completely healed of scoliosis. I don't have a pain in my body. I have been out working in my garden today. What a testimony, huh? Woo! Glory to God. Now, see, this girl thought she had a clean life. She thought because of the blood of Jesus, she was washed. And when she got saved, she got washed, but she didn't realize that when she was away from him after she got saved, she's just loading her heart up with darkness. And she's never taken each one of those sins and repented and drove away those demons. She said, some of those demons, when I started driving them out after listening to you and what you told me that day, said, every time you repent of any sin God shows you, there's a one to a host of demons associated with it. And you got to drive them out with his name. And she said, some of them fought back tremendously hard. But she said, I stood on your word. I remembered what you told me. The Word of God says, it's mine. And that I have authority over them. And they have to yield to me. And you don't never go by what you feel or see. You go by what's written. And she said, that's what I've done. And she said, by doing that, I'm telling you today, I am completely healed of scoliosis. She said, my back is almost perfectly straight. I have no pain in my body. said, before my pain was in my body, it was in my hands, it was in my feet. I was in excruciating pain on my whole body. But she said, today, I am perfectly at ease sitting here talking to you on the phone. I said, you've got to come to a healing school and give this testimony. She said, I plan to give God the glory for what He's done for me. Now, see, she didn't think she had nothing wrong. But when I asked the Lord to reveal to her, when He turns His flashlight on, 
Hey, our little dinky, today I was thinking about that. I had a little dinky uh, LED light that works really good at night. In the airplane, it works perfect. With low light, I can click that boy, it shines, lights up an instrument, don't blind nobody's eyes. It's perfect. But out in the sunlight today, trying to look down in a hole to see something, I couldn't see a light at all. So Dave walked up and he gets his out and he turns in on, it's a big bright one. And I could see right down in there. And I thought, God, that's exactly the way my flashlight is and yours. <laughs> when you say, let me show you what you're seeing is, I turned mine on and I said, look, God, I ain't got any. He said, let me turn mine on. Let me, <laughs> and he turns that floodlight on. I said, whoa, Lord, turn that off quick. <laughs> that shows too many dark critters in there. I don't want. That's what Matthew said. Matthew said, if you have darkness in your heart as a child of God, how dark is that darkness? See, we don't want no darkness in our heart, do we? No, because that darkness in our heart will, is sin and it will bring forth sickness and disease sooner or later in our life. We don't want that. So, and the Lord will take away from the, how much sickness? Isn't that amazing? All sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but he will lay them upon all them that hate him. Now, who's going to lay these sicknesses upon these other people that hate him? He's going to. He ain't got to call in no help. He's going to do it. Well, yeah. Either hate you or hate him, either one. You know, those that hate you, that hate thee. But God is in control, isn't He? He is in control. Okay, let's, after going to this one, let's go to another one. Let's just kind of take these. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Let's just turn over a few pages. I'm glad you all stopped me there a while ago. I didn't get through with that one. Let's go to 28. Before we go to Deuteronomy 23, 28, I want you to stop at Deuteronomy 23. I want to show you something in Deuteronomy 23, 2, 3, and 4. Now, I read verse 2 and had it in my vocabulary for a long, long time. But 3 and 4, I didn't. It took me a lot longer to get those in my vocabulary. Deuteronomy 23, 2. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 2. Now, a bastard. How many of you know what a bastard is? An illegitimate child. Now, I used that at work one time. There was a young man that worked for me, and he had two children. And he come in one day and needed time off to go do something with his children. And I said, well, why don't you let your wife do it? He said, well, I'm not married. I said, well, what a terrible thing. I said, you, when, how long have you been divorced? He said, well, I ain't never been married. I said, you got two children, and you ain't never been married? He says, no. I said, so you got two bastards. He didn't like that at all. He went to HR and filed a grievance against me. I told him. I said, I said, you know, I was just repeating what God says. I said, God calls them bastards. And if you've got a problem with what God said, take it up with Him. You know? He's the one who said this. This is where I got it out of the book. Isn't that amazing? A bastard, an illegitimate child, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Isn't that something? Even to his tenth generation, 
Now then, aren't you glad today we got the blood of Jesus? Because there may be some of you in this room born out of wedlock. You can't find hardly no family today that ain't got one born out of wedlock. You know that? Aren't we glad for the blood of Jesus? Woo! If we didn't have the blood of Jesus, we'd be in big trouble. I'm telling you, you can't hardly find a family today that doesn't... What, Michael? You got some? Oh, okay, let me get a mic here so that you can hear. They can hear what you're going to say. Okay. My understanding of that is that even if a child is conceived out of wedlock, that child is still considered a bastard. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. If that child, in other words, if this boy and girl got together and she got pregnant and they found it out after 30 days and they got married, that child is still illegitimate. That child was not conceived in wedlock. And that's what God said. God clear says in His Word, no sex before marriage. So, no. What, what do we don't understand about no? I mean, we don't listen very well, do we? We let the flesh rule us. All of us. Many of you in this room today had sex before you got married. Many of you, probably. Now, I ain't going to say all of you did, but I know some of you did. <clears throat> and... I mean, I ain't going to ask you to say that because, I mean, I just know what the flesh is like. I mean, I, I live in one of these beasts too, you know. I know how this beast is, especially when he's young, you know, 20 years old, 18 years old. This, Like I tell the girls today, girls wear plenty of clothes, dress nice when you go on a date because there's three things a boy's got on his mind, especially before he's 30 years old. Number one is sex. Number two is sex. And number three is sex. So that's what he's got on his mind. I mean, any of you guys... <clears throat> If you, that girl's laughing back there. I mean, it don't make no difference. I mean, her husband ain't no difference. Boy, he's 30 years old. That's what he had on his mind too. Is that right, brother? Sure. He's normal just like the rest of us. You know, so when your daughters go out, dress them, girls. Dress your daughters up. Don't let them wear something V-cut down to their middle. You know, don't let them wear a pair of short shorts. They stand a whole lot better getting raped when they get home than to do if they got a nice dress on them that covers them from the top to the bottom. You know, don't dress them in tight things that's this short. You know, that causes boys to look. And if the girls hadn't figured it out yet, boys are turned on sexually by what they see. Girls are not, but boys are. You know, and so that's just the way it is. You know, so you have to learn to control that. And most young people today have never learned to control that. So that's just the way it is. But he said a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to his tenth generation, and he shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And Amorite, or Moabite, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their tenth generation. You think, now wait a minute. All these guys couldn't have been born out of wedlock. What they do? Shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever? Not just to the tenth generation. Because, oh, okay, here's the answer. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. What? Because they didn't show hospitality to strangers? I wonder how many of us have not shown hospitality to strangers. I guess we'd have to say 100% of us, more than likely. You reckon that's sin? 
You reckon God wants us to be hospitable to people, to be nice to people, and help people when they have a need? I think so. See? Now, I mean, we can understand adultery and not getting in, but we can't understand not being hospitable to people. But that's what he says, isn't it? I'm going to let that lay where it is, but I'm just going to tell you that God's got some requirements in this book that's kind of hard to live by, aren't they, Rosemary? I mean, if somebody treats you nice, it's nice to be nice back, isn't it? But if somebody is wicked, you know, and slandering you, but did the king say, pray for your enemies, Keith? Did he say, do good things to them that do evil things to you? Was that a command from our king? You think he expects us to do that? Then why don't we obey him? You think there's a consequence if we don't obey him? I guarantee there is. Now, he's a little more merciful than you and me. Aren't we glad? Oh, yeah. Yes, we are. But now then, let's go to Deuteronomy 28. I just want you to see that. That is, now then, sometime when you've got time, read all of Deuteronomy 27, and you'll see all these curses that was under the law. In fact, if you want to know what kind of different things that will bring a curse upon you, just read Deuteronomy 27, all uh, 26 verses, and you will find out many things that will bring a curse upon you. And of course... Of course, now, what people will say today, but you know, Thurman, we're not under the law. Well, we're not if we're walking in grace. Now, how do you walk in grace? How do you walk in grace? What is the one requirement of God that fulfills all of the law? What's the one word? Love. When you walk in love, who do you got to love first? God. Who do you got to love next? Your neighbor. And then who? Yourself. You said that. So, if you love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and you love that beautiful woman sitting beside you as your neighbor or your wife or whatever, and then you love yourself next, you ain't never going to do nothing wrong to her, are you? No. Now then, is all of the law fulfilled in the word love? So, if we can walk in love all the time, and men, I'm working diligently on that. I am working hard on that because I want to walk in grace. When I walk in grace and I walk in that love, I believe with all my heart. That's why God healed that woman I prayed for the other day with scoliosis. I believe I'm trying my best to walk there. I'm doing everything I know to walk in that God kind of love. I don't want to talk about nobody. I don't want to grumble about nothing. I just want to walk in grace. And when I walk in grace and walk in love, He says, come and ask me for what? Hey, don't you like that? I love that. The king says, come and ask me for anything and I'll do it for you. Now, that's the covenant that we see these promises, but they don't work for us. Most of us, those promises don't work for us. So, guess where the problem is? It ain't with him, is it? It's like he said a while ago, it's right here with me. I'm the one that has the problem. When the promises don't work, it's me, not God. Okay. So, you go back and read those. But in Deuteronomy 28, he says and in verse 1, And it shall come to pass. I'm not going to read all of these verses, just a few of them. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Have we heard that before today? Hearken diligently? He's trying to tell us something, isn't he, Michael? Shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do... A few of His commandments. 
Oh, you said all. I must have had a misprint there. All. He said all, didn't he, Keith? He, you think he means all? He means all. All of his commandments. To observe and to do all his commandments. For I command you this day that the Lord thy God, not somebody else, the Lord thy God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Who's going to raise you up? Now then, why is our nation not walking there today? Why are we having all the problem we're having? Why are we having the lakes out of water? Or the floods that are running? Or the forest fires that are burning thousands of acres of land? Or the earthquakes that are tearing the place up? Why is this land not blessed? What are we, we, the church, not doing? We're not following the commandments of God. We're not walking in life. He didn't say the world had to do that, did he, brother? He said only the church. My people. If they will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their prayers from heaven and I will heal their land. So it's not up to the world to change. Then people out there right now that I just also had an email this morning about the thing, the law or whatever it is, the bill or whatever it is that's before the Oregon legislature. Did you read that, Michael? You read that too. I mean, the homosexuals. This is going to be the most powerful. If they get this thing passed, it's going to be required that every school preach and teach, not preach, but teach all these alternate lifestyles to all classes. And they're going to gag the church from saying anything about it. You can't talk about us. Well, let me tell you. They're going to have to put a gag in my mouth because I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to say He loves you as a homosexual, but He hates your sin. And if you don't repent of your sin, it's going to take you into an early death with sickness and disease and take you into a burning flame of hell, and you're going to be there the rest of your life. But now, will He forgive you? Yes, He will. Will He wash you clean as snow? Yes, He will. And if you've already got AIDS, if you can find somebody that has the faith, they can pray for you and you can get healed. But if you can't somebody, find somebody that's got that kind of faith, let me tell you, you're going to die on your AIDS. How many people do you know right now that have already come to Christ, turned from their wicked ways, and still died with AIDS? I know several of them. Did they have to? No. They didn't, couldn't find another righteous man somewhere to pray for them. Because the promises are in God's Word you find a righteous man and pray for me, what does the king say I'll do, Michael? He said, I'll heal you, didn't he? Sure. When you find somebody that can pay, that has paid that price to get in that Word and pray that prayer of faith for them, he said, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal them. That's what he says. When you pray that prayer of faith. So the king's made us all these promises here. He's told us what He will do. And, of course, He talks about all these wonderful blessings in the next few verses, which we won't cover tonight in detail. But if you want to know what they are, all you've got to do is read down through verse 14. Now, when we get down to verse uh, 14, I'm going to read that one verse in verse 14. And thou shalt not go aside from any of these words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, this is a requirement of causing Him to bless you. If He, if you obey Him, now here's the thing, a man and a wife, 
I, I like to use this example. A man and a wife can be the best there are at church. And they can walk out that door and start home. And the enemy can start a war between them. And there can be a divorce before they get home from church. Have we ever seen that happen? Sure, we see it happen all the time. We have ministered to many people in this church, ourselves, Ty and his wife and my wife and I, have ministered to people in this church and go through deliverance with them and everything else, and you think everything is perfect, and within two or three weeks, they're in hell again. Fight, knock down, drag out. Why? Well, they're not willing to do what this book says. They're letting this control them. The flesh. You can't let the flesh control you. It will destroy you. It will bring sickness and disease to your body. And you will be destroyed. But we don't believe that. We do not believe there is a consequence to sin today in the church. But now so far, under the law, if we are willing to obey Him, everything He said, what has God promised to do for those people if they obey Anything bad? No, it's all good. But if they don't obey, what does He promise to do? Bad things. Sickness and disease and all kinds of things. Verse 15. We'll hit this, this one here, and then we will go on to another one. Verse 15. But it shall come to pass. Now, if God says it shall come to pass, you think He means that? Ain't no two ways about it. If it's written in this book, God has forever settled this book in heaven. And He said not one dot or one tittle of this Old Testament shall go away. Is that what He said? He said, I didn't come to cancel this law. I came to fulfill this law. But I ain't canceling it. It's still here. And it's going to be here forever, He said. So, I think we ought to read the Old Testament a little more. Because if He said it ain't going to change and it ain't never going to go away, it's got to be here for a reason, Right? And he wants us to know who he is and what he does. He said, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken. That's pretty clear, isn't it? If you will not hearken unto the Lord, the voice of the Lord thy God, the voice, what is the voice? The Word. You can read it anytime you want to. You hear God's voice anytime you want to. Just get in his book and read it. You can hear his voice. Because this is his voice. To observe... To do all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And then He goes down through there and tells you what the curses are. And then I, I won't read all of them either because I read every one of those last night. But I want you to go over to verse 61. I want to go to that verse in verse 61 and Deuteronomy I mean, there is so many curses. He explains to you all the different things he will do. And then in verse 61, and he says also, under all these curses, if you don't obey, he says also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law, them will... Who? The Lord... Bring upon you until you be destroyed. Who's going to put these plagues and sicknesses upon you? So if somebody tells you that God don't put sickness and disease upon you, I think they're not reading the book the right I'm reading the book. 
I mean, I may be wrong. Well, let me tell you, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I'm afraid of Daddy, y'all. I'll just stand up here today and tell you, I'm afraid of the King. I know He loves me. And I know He'll do great things for me. And I know He'll answer our prayers and do awesome things for me as long as I'm obedient. Right, Ty? But if I get out of that obedience, will He pat me on the backside? Yeah, He will. Because He loves you. I know because He loves me. But I don't want to love Pat. <laughs> I don't want to love Pat. Do you, Keith? No, I don't want them to love Pat. Yes, uh, just, just a minute, Deborah. Let me give you a mic so you can. Okay, okay. In verse 21, he says he'll send a, a disease among you until you're destroyed from the face of the land. That's awesome, isn't it? I mean, so, I mean, I'm just kind of hitting the highlights on all this stuff. There's a whole lot of things in here that, it, I mean, like last night and the last few nights, I spent hours and hours reading over all these things. And I thought, you know, especially after this guy sent me this email, I said, Thurman, this big minister, he says that God will not put sickness and disease upon you. I said, you're wrong. Okay, well, I guess the best way to do it is find out what the Word really says. And so I just started doing some research. And I thought, okay, I'm going to let the Word speak for itself. I'm not going to tell you God's going to put sickness and disease upon you. I'm going to show you where He said it. And then you're going to make a decision. Which one of us is right? You're going to believe God or you're going to believe somebody else. In fact, my lovely wife has told me many times, she said, there ain't nobody teaches what you teach. She said, nobody teaches this book like you teach it. But I only teach it like it's written. I'm not trying to deceive you. I want you to know the truth. I want you to walk in divine health. And I want you to be able to get well. And I believe with all my heart, just like that pastor that called me the other day, and I had another one today. Another one today. I spoke to several pastors today. And they said, you know, one of them, he said, I got tickled at him. He said, another pastor, a friend of mine, called me one day and said, you've got to go to TLSM.org website. He said, you've got to listen to what this guy's saying. He said, man, is he teaching some strong stuff. So he said, I went home in the afternoon. I got home at 6. I pulled up your website. And I thought, oh, how to get a lost person saved? That sounds great. I'll start right there. So he said, I started, clicked on that, started listening. He said, Thurman, at 8 o'clock the next morning, I was still sitting in front of that computer, and I hadn't blinked an eye all night long. Fourteen hours? I said, man, are you a glutton for punishment? He said, man, I was learning some stuff. He said, I couldn't quit. And he said, since then, I've listened to many hours on that website, and I've called your minister center, and you all sent me many CDs and DVDs, and I've scattered them all over the country down here in Florida. That's what I say. Praise the King. I mean, this is God's business. This is His Word. Do you think He wants the church sick today? No. I think He wants the church well. Do you think Daddy wants to give us a spanking? No. Did you ever want to spank your children? No. You want them to obey what you tell them. But most of them don't read it. So naturally, they're going to do what the flesh says. But anyway, after that... Uh, he's going to, the Lord is going to bring all these sickness and disease upon him. And then let's go to Deuteronomy 30, and let's see what he says here in verse 19. Verse 30, 19. Chapter 30, verse 19. 
This is the Lord speaking. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I, God, have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your seed may live. Verse, the next verse, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey His voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto Him, for He is your life, and the length of your days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now then, who is your life? Who is your length of days? Don't you think we ought to serve Him? Yes, sir. I don't know. I guess with you, you're not concerned whether you live very long or you have a good life or not. So you can just do anything you want to do and it'd be okay. <laughs> That's a, you don't want to go there at all. You want a healthy, long life, don't you, young lady? And to do that, you've got to serve Him, don't you? You've got to put Him first. See... If there's anything that I finally learned from God's Word under the New Covenant, when I got saved, and I believed this all my life. I mean, I got this day one. I was just an 11-year-old boy when I got saved. But I knew when I got saved, I'd never really done anything really bad. Really, you know, not really. But as far as my goodness in His sight, it was as filthy rags. So when I got saved, He washed all that and cleaned it and made me perfect right there. I didn't say perfect very long. You know, I, I went way astray doing things. I mean, you know, compared to what some people did, you know, I didn't do near what some people did. But still, what I did was nowhere close to what His righteousness was. And so I got way off track. You know, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And a lot of things I'm certainly, uh, you know, I'm certainly sorry that I did some of those things. I'm so sorry that I did some of those things. But I'm, I think about, wow. How blessed a life I had compared to what some. You know, some get out there on drugs, alcohol, sex, violence, murder. I mean, in, in prison, everything. And I'm grateful that I never went there. Oh, how grateful I am, God. I'm so blessed to have been raised in a good home with a mom and a daddy. You know, oh, you just don't realize how, what a blessing that is. You know, if you'd ever had a daddy, as an example, I guarantee the child, the son especially, is going to go wrong. If you don't have a living example of God in his home, he's going to go wrong. He's, it's just, that's just the way it's going to happen. So, I'm grateful for that, but I, I think about what I did do wrong, and I think of how many years I went with some of those think, thinking, well, I won't tell God about that. He won't know I did that. <laughs> have you ever been guilty of that when you was a younger person? Hey! I mean, we think... Well, Okay, that bad thought I had, you know, I won't tell God that. He won't ever know that. Right, Keith? But he knew that, didn't he? And what did he want me to do with that? He wanted me to lay it at his feet and confess it. That's what he, but I didn't, and I carried it all that time, not realizing I was opening a door to an enemy because of my sin. So when the enemy come by, he could look at Thurman's life and say, oh, I'll go get him anytime I want to. No problem. I won't bother him today. I'll wait till next week when maybe I won't be so busy next week. Then I'll send a couple of demons over to get him because he's got a door open all the time. Yeah, that's most of us. You know that? You know, 
Paul told Timothy that in the Scriptures? That those of us that live in strife and unforgiveness and sin, of those, I mean, not, not talking about gross sins that we're talking about, like murder and adultery. He's just talking about strife and bitterness. I mean, so surely that couldn't be a big deal to be bitter with my brother because he did something wrong to me. But the Lord says that is sin. And He says, if you live there in bitterness and strife, you have a door open and the devil takes you captive at his will. So I wonder how many people in the church, he could just run by and get you anytime he wants you. A lot of them. You don't realize these things. But here it is written in this magnificent book. Paul told Timothy these things. It's written. The devil will take you captive at his will if you live in strife and bitterness. Isn't that amazing? So the door's wide open. So what is that commandment we said a while ago that will keep you out of all trouble? Hey, that's it. We've got to know what that is, don't we, brother? And we've got to walk in that. All the time. We've got to walk in that. You've got to walk in love. I mean, you know. It's difficult, isn't it, Michael? Very. Very. I mean, you go home and your wife wants something. Like my wife was doing income tax last night. And she lets this kind of get to her. And I walked into the bedroom. I run in there right quick. And I like I was going to run in there and grab her and kiss her right quick. And she said, oh, if my back is killing me, will you rub my back? I said, well, really, just come in here for a kiss. i got something else to do, but okay. I said, flop over there. So she flopped over there and fell off on the side of the bed and laid her face on the side of the bed and said, my back right between my shoulders is killing me. So I put my hands and began to rub on that. And she said, oh, that feels so good. I'll give you forever to stop. <laughs> So I rubbed her, rubbed her, and all. I'm thinking, Lord, I gotta love her because that's what she needs right now. I sure do have something else I need to be doing. <laughs> but Lord, she needs this attention right now. So because I love her, I'm going to rub her back until it feels good. And when she finally got okay, she said, "Oh, that feels so good." I said, "Okay, now you can get back at your income tax." So I jumped up there and I said, "Okay, woman." Crack my whip. Get to work. <laughs> See, you can do that in love, can't you? <laughs> you can do that in love. See? Oh, goodness. Well, we have lots of fun, don't we, honey, buddy? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're mine too. Yeah, she's doing mine too. It's mine and hers. Yeah, hers and mine. Yeah, that's for sure. She, we're, she's doing it all. And that's wonderful. But did the Lord tell us to love each other? Yes. You know? Yes, you know, and but that's love. You know, she had a need right then. Her back was hurting her. She was in pain, and she needed her back to be rubbed between her shoulders. Now, then I could have said, I ain't got time to mess with you right now, woman. I got other things to do. Would that have been love? No, it wouldn't have been no love in that, would there, Cheryl? None whatsoever. She had a need, and it was me, my responsibility as her husband to meet that need, you know, to rub her back so she could be comfortable to get back at that income tax. Now then, now then, let's go. I know some of y'all got that to do too. Now then, in Deuteronomy 29, or I mean Deuteronomy 30, 19, did God set life and death before us? Yes. And blessings and curses. Yes. And He told us what to choose, didn't He? Yes. He said, choose the right one and you'll be blessed. So, He's in this business. Then in uh, 2 Samuel twelve fifteen. 
This, we're going to get into some little things, that some of these little things. 2 Samuel 12. Some of these little things I saw last night and I thought, hmm, how about this? Verse 13, let's start at verse 13. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Now, what did he do? He sinned. He committed adultery, didn't he? I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Now, what if God don't put away your sin? You're going to die. It's going to... Did anywhere in the New Covenant He say sin brings forth death? You remember reading that a few times? I think it's all over there, isn't it? It's all over the place. It's like we don't believe this book. How be it, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? Who are the enemies of the Lord? Satan and his host of demons. So by his sin, had he given occasion to these guys? Yeah, he had. He'd opened the door wide open. To blaspheme, the child also that is born under thee shall surely die. Okay, now let's see what's going to happen here. And Nathan departed unto the house... And the devil struck the child. What did your scripture say? You mean I read that wrong? (laughs) And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord... He took full responsibility for this, didn't he? The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore unto David, and it was very sick. I mean, is is that what's written? Okay. Well, I don't. don't, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to, beyond a shadow of a doubt, let you know that when somebody says God, ain't no way God can put sickness and disease on you. They're reading a different book than I'm reading. My Bible says God puts this on us. He don't want to, but He will. He is the only one you have to be afraid of. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. The devil can't hurt you until God says okay. You commit sin? Yeah. And people have a problem with this. I mean, I didn't realize how many people have a problem with this. That's why I decided to get it in black and white and red. <laughs> it's not my words. That's the king's words. Have we, everywhere I've said it's not been written in your book? Yes, sir. Okay. Somebody said, well, you're, you're just interpreting it wrong. Hey, I ain't interpreting it at all. I'm just reading it. Right. I'm just telling you that this child, because God was so upset with David... 
Let's see, where was it? I forget where that was. Maybe it's further on down there. That God began to speak a curse on David, and he said, I'm going to... I mean, he told what all he's going to do to David, and, and the curses that are going to come upon him because of his sins. Was that verse 11? Back up. Okay, yeah. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I... Who? I, who? The Lord. Okay, just as long as we understand. Behold, I, God, will raise up evil against thee and of thine own house, and I, God, will take your wives before your eyes, and I will give them unto thy neighbors, and he shall be with their wives in the sight of the sun. And who's going to cause those people to do that? And why is he going to do that? Because of David's sin of adultery. I mean, it's not like he didn't have a house full of beautiful women, was it? I mean, he had a house full of them. I mean, my goodness gracious. You know, if all he wanted was a beautiful woman, all he had to do is go down the hallway and open a door. He had a house full of beautiful wives. But what was he letting control him that when he went up on top of the temple and he looked down and there's another beautiful woman down there taking a shower. No clothes on. Mmm. Lust of the flesh. Now, when he looked down there and saw that, instead of sitting there thinking, Hmm, that sure does look good. I need to have her come to my bedroom. Instead of doing it, when he looked there, he said, well, Whoa, Lord, let me back off over here. I don't want to look at that. That's what he should have done, right? You know what happens when men turn on the computer and one of them little scenes comes up and it says, go here and you click over and first thing you know, you've got a porno site on your... You know, if one of them things pops up on your screen, don't look at it. Cancel it. Delete that sucker. Get it off of your screen now. Don't look at it a second. You know what, you know what the flesh can do to you if you begin to meditate on a porno site? First thing you know, you have no idea... How many women that we deal with and husbands that are married that they can't be sexually satisfied because he wants to do stupid things he sees on porno sites and she ain't willing to go there as a daughter of the king. I ain't going to do these crazy things he wants me to do. Ain't nothing moral or ethical about what he wants me to do. You have no no idea how many people I deal with. Where do you think they get those stupid wild ideas? I'm the devil on those porno websites. You know, don't look at them. What happened to David when he looked? A curse came upon him. Did it affect only him? No, the baby died, didn't he? Did his wives get raped in the streets and on the housetops? If you read the Scriptures, you'll know they did. God spoke that curse upon him because of his sin. I mean, isn't that what he said? Okay, so we've hit a few of them tonight so far. Let's go a little bit. I ain't got nowhere close to the end of my outline. We just started. Okay, let's go to 1 Kings 17, 17. Let's go to see what 1 Kings 17, 17 says. First Kings. Now, the Lord did say in His Word, let everything be confirmed out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, didn't He? Okay, so we're well proving way beyond two or three witnesses, right? 
1 Kings 17. Let's go to 1 Kings 17. And it shall, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And the sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in her child. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call? What's he say? To call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Isn't that something? What do you think we ought to do under the new covenant? You think we ought to get rid of all sin? You think we ought to confess everything known and unknown and get clean before God and then stay that way? Amen. I think so. Because if, in this case, that was not the case, but she thought it was. See, she knew she had sinned. She knew she had a son. But she didn't have a husband, did she? And we don't know the whole story here. But she knew the story. And she thought she was being called. Her son was going to die because of her sin. But God wasn't through with this boy. He was merciful. And because of Elijah, he went up and interceded for this child. And if you've read this story before, you know this child lived and came out of this. Now then, today, we are men of God. If we're walking and women of God, and under the new covenant, if we're walking in obedience to His Word, can we get the same kind of results? When we go and pray for somebody? Yes, we can. Praise God for the new covenant, right? Thank you, Jesus. we got great things. But the message here is don't sin. Okay, let's go on to this other one. Let's go to Second Chronicles 21. We'll try to get as many of these tonight as we can. Second Chronicles 21. I want to start with verse 14. 2 Chronicles 21.14 When you get to 2 Chronicles 21.14, my Bible says, Behold, with a great plague will the devil smite you. Is that what it says? Oh, what's yours read, ma'am? Oh. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people, and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. Somebody says, God would never put sickness on a baby. Hey, if your sin's big enough, He will. He can get your attention whenever your children are attacked. I mean, we just, I mean, I saw this side of God years ago. I went out to West Texas one time, and I was I, I preached a little of this lightly one night. In a, I preached in three churches: one on Friday night, one on Saturday night, one on Sunday night. And Sunday night after church, this couple I was staying with—they were about ten years older than me—and we got home that night. She said, "I got to talk to you." I said, "Okay." She said, "What's your teaching?" I don't believe. I said, "Man, what I'm teaching is the Word of God." She said, "I don't believe this." She said, "God will not do these kind of things to us." 
So I sat there with her and her husband till about, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, I guess. And finally he said, you've convinced me. I'm going to bed. So I sat up with her another hour or two. And you know what this woman come out doing? After I continued to show her place after place after place, she finally, I said, ma'am, i got to leave in the morning and go to Odessa. I said, we're going to leave about 8 o'clock. I really need to go to bed. She said, before we quit. She rolled off the couch, put her knees on the floor, and put her hands up and said, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for everything I've done. I mean, she poured out her sins to God right there. She said, would you pray a blessing upon me? I said, yes, I will. She said, I had no idea. I thought being washed in the blood took care of everything. I said, ma'am, it don't. You can't get saved once and then sin like the devil all the rest of your life and not come under some kind of problem with sickness and disease. you got to walk holy before God. She said, I never saw that. But she said, it's in there. And she repented of her sins that night. And I got to pray for her. And then in the next verse, after he's going to put this on your wives and, and all your goods. And, and the next verse 15 says, And thou shalt have great sickness by disease to your bowels, until your bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day to day. Now, who does this come from? I mean, it, the verse said it come from the Lord, didn't it? Moreover, the next verse, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines. Who stirred up this spirit? It's amazing what happens. Who do you think's running the show? Are you beginning to get the picture of who's in charge? It ain't you and me, is it? It's the king. And that's why the scripture says. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When you realize, I've got to be afraid of Him. Just like when I come here tonight, I told Him, I said, Lord, I'm going to teach Your Word exactly like it's written. Help me to not deviate nowhere. Because, Lord, I want to please You. If I teach Your Word in error, You could take me out that quick. I want to teach it exactly like it's written. I want the people to get it exactly like it's written. I want them to have a reverent fear of you. Knowing we've got to obey you as king. That you will judge us. You know, he's daddy, isn't he, Keith? And he will get the switch out of all his children, won't he? And he tells us that in the New Testament too, doesn't he? The Lord will judge his people. Hebrews chapter 10. That's pretty scary, isn't it? I don't want to be judged by God. I'd a whole lot rather judge me and get my sins repented of before it comes time for him to judge me. Wow. Then he says, verse 18, And after all this, the Lord smote him in his bowels. Now, this was the, uh, the, the king here because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. With an incurable disease. And after all this, the Lord smote him. Because of his sin. Is that what your Bible says? In verse 18? And after all this, after after two years, he had this problem with his bowels. 
Well, that sounds like cancer, doesn't it? He's bleeding. He's in pain. He's in suffering. He said, your bowels are going to fall out because I'm going to smite you with an incurable disease because of your sin. There's a message in all this. And the Lord's the one said He done it. He's taking responsibility for this. He's not putting His blame on nobody else. He's a big boy. He said, I'm in control. I'm God. You don't have to fear nobody but me. Is that what He's saying? And after all this, the Lord smote him till his bowels with this incurable disease. And I came to pass. And it came to pass that in process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness. So he died of a sore sickness. What brought all this on him? Sin. He didn't obey God. He was a king, and he didn't do what the king told him to do. And so the king got his attention. And in that whole two years, no words that say he ever come and repented. He just kept on doing it. So he died. Now then, let's go to another one. One more. We've got time for one more. We'll go to one of these. This, I think this is the one I want. Second uh, Chronicles 24. Let's see if this is... I really want to get this one tonight. If this is the one I want, let's see, 24. That's not the one I want. I want to cover this other one. I think I want to start in 2410. No, that's not where I wanted. 21. But the one I was looking for, I wish I'd have highlighted it better. I didn't think about running out of time so quick. And it's in one of these in Chronicles, Second uh, Chronicles. Uh, let's see, we covered the one, Second Chronicles twenty-one ten, and then Second Chronicles twenty-four. And let's see, let's see. Okay, okay, let's go to verse eighteen in Second Chronicles twenty-four. Okay. Oh, yeah. That he did that there. This other one though that I want to talk about. This another one of these kings. Let's let's start with twenty four eighteen and let's see if it's in this. And they left the house of the Lord, the Lord God of their fathers, and they served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. Now, because they're serving other gods, this is coming upon all of them. 
Yet He sent prophets to them. Does God still send prophets out today? Sure He does. Does He send people Preachers are standing here all day. I mean, nights and days and weekends preaching this book. And we're supposed to be preaching, repent and serve me. That's what we're supposed to be preaching, right? Repent and serve God. Be holy, for I am holy. That's what we're supposed to be preaching. Yet He sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of whatever, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, who transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that you cannot prosper. Because ye have forsaken the Lord, He has also forsaken you. Now then, if our nation wants to continue to prosper... Right now, it appears we seem to be a prosperous nation. You know, is there companies going bankrupt everywhere in America right now? Do you know? I'm not going to ask you to hold up your hand, but if you have a credit card debt and you're a Christian, you need to stop buying things and you need to get that paid off. You know, God does not want you to pay 20 and 30% interest to credit card companies. He wants you to control your lust, your spending. If you're living on credit cards and you've got twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in debt, paying twenty and thirty percent interest on it, that's not God. He does not want you there. He wants you to control your purchasing. He wants you to get that paid off. And he wants you to not go there anymore. He wants you to control that. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Aren't we glad? I haven't been stoned lately. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to be, do you? No. But they stoned him because they didn't like what he had to say. If the church don't like what I have to say, they just don't come back anymore. At least they don't stone me. Thank goodness. Thus Joash, the king, remembered not the kindness which Jehodadah, his father, had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it. And it came to pass at the end of the year that the hosts of Syria came up against them and they came to Judah and Jerusalem and destroyed all the princes of the people from among the people and sent all the spoil of them unto the king of Damascus. Now, why did this nation, why did this foreign nation that was moved upon by God, the Spirit of God came upon this nation, why did they come to destroy these people? Because of their sin. Who moved upon their spirits to bring them there? Yeah, the Lord. He moved upon a heathen nation to bring them against them. To destroy them because of their sin. You think He can still do that today? Sure He does, yeah. That's, 
That's not exactly the one I wanted, but I'll, I'll, I'll look it over and I will find it and make sure which one of these since it's time for Bible study to be over. I've got so many scriptures here. We only covered just a few, but I've got a lot more that I'm going to make sure that I do a little bit better job of making sure I've got them highlighted so I don't have to do a little hunting like I did tonight on some of those. But I don't know about you, but just what I've seen so far, just under the Old Covenant. Now, I'm not going to quit the Old Covenant. I'm going all the way through to the New Covenant. All the way in there. You know, we, this is going to be some kind of a, a series of teaching. Because if there's anything I've learned under the New Covenant, if you don't repent of your sin and turn from your wicked ways, it's very difficult to get you healed. This is something I've just learned over the years. That's just like, how many of you heard Sandra Dunn give her testimony the other day? Several of you heard her. Sandra is a nurse. She's not here tonight. But when Sandra come up here, some of you remember when Sandra had the big old cancer on her lip. Some of you remember when Sandra had the big old feet that was gushing with blood, had to have special shoes and an RN at a hospital. And she came and I said, Sandra, we've got to deal with a sin issue. She said, Thurman, that's okay. I'll let Ty pray for me. <laughs> that was her testimony that night, wasn't it, Ty? She said, I'll let Ty. Ty, he come over, Ty would say, Sandra, we've got to deal with a sin issue. But said, he at least did it lovingly. <laughs> but she said, these guys are telling me i got sin. She said, I ain't got no sin. But she said, when I went home and asked God, he showed me the strife. And the division and all the things I lived in at work. And the grumbling and complaining and everything I done. She said, I had many sins. And she said, when I got all that taken care of, and they prayed for me. She said, then it finally worked. And today, Sandra has no cancer on her lip. And she has no big feet. And she can wear normal shoes. And diabetes is all gone. And she's a happy camper, isn't she, Rosemary? What, honey? Oh, okay. Her testimony is on that DVD, No Fear Being Led by the Spirit. If you didn't get to see Sandra's testimony the other night, it's on CD and DVD. But and the t- thing I got when, she, when she'd come up and say, and Thurman would say, well, Sandra, you've got to get rid of this sin issue. She said, I ain't got no sin. I ain't living in adultery. I'm not killing nobody. She said, I found out there was a whole lot of things that were sin that's not those things. And so, and she said, I'd say, that's okay, Thurman. I'll go over here and let Ty pray for me. <laughs> and she said, I come over to Ty and said, we've got to work on this sin issue too. And she said, but at least he did it lovingly and kind. <laughs> I just told her, Sandra, you've got to get rid of the sin. She said, Whew. She said, I'm a whiplash preacher. She said, now what you said, it'd take me two blocks down the street. But I put my neck and I say, that's what he said. I've got to get rid of the sin. <laughs> oh, good. But at least, praise God, she's healed. That's the main thing. And she's, she's really a happy camper. But see, think about this now, folks, before we quit tonight, this one last statement. Think about this. As Christians, are we all believers in Jesus in here? Okay. If we're all believers in Jesus, if under the old covenant, Jesus promised if they would obey in everything to take all sickness and all disease and all plagues and nothing would touch them, then if we got sickness and disease in the church, what do we have to be doing wrong? We've got to have some kind of sin. Is that true? Because if we got sickness, we've got sin. Now, we don't want to hear that, but that's unfortunate. That's just the way it is. Now then, here's the thing. That love walk is hard to walk in, just like Michael said there a while ago. It's hard to do that 24-7, isn't it, Michael? 
I'll have to agree with you. It's tough. Walk. Isn't it, Keith? Yes, sir. You go out there in the morning and say, I'm going to walk in love day all day, God. And the first contractor comes up. He didn't do nothing you asked him to do yesterday. He messed up everything. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I won't love you. <laughs> you wanted to kill him, though, right? For a second. You wanted to kill him. I know. I've been there and done that. <laughs> so that's why I know where he lives. It's hard to walk in love 24-7 in the business world, I'll tell you for sure. Because there's people out there that's trying to get to you. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to touch our spirits with your spirit. Like Ty said, Lord, thank goodness under the new covenant, we at least have that infilling power of the Holy Spirit if we've asked you to fill us. And we have a blessing beyond blessings. And he can help us. And we can do it with him. All we got to do is listen to him and hear his voice. And when he tells us to do something, do it. And we will not go wrong. And we can stay in that love walk. And we can walk free of sickness and disease if we'll only listen to your voice and trust you. And when something devastating does happen or whatever, uh, maybe we cut ourselves with a knife or who knows what we may do. Who knows what caused that? But something did. If we'll stand by faith on your word, repent of every sin, and stand on your promises, you'll heal us and be merciful to us. And Lord, we are grateful that you do hear our prayer of confession. And when we pray and confess our sins, you hear and you forgive. And then when we come and stand on your promises, you restore us. And Lord, you're such a mighty God, and we're grateful for that. Now, Lord, thank you for another evening to study your word. Bless this word to our hearts this week. Let us meditate on it and may your Holy Spirit run it over and over in our hearts and our minds that we may hide your word in our heart so we do not sin against you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.